what will the world look like with Jesus as king? Something that I think all of us would be show a little bit more interest now, considering that the environment, environment in our society is changing every day, and we've got certain restrictions around us. Restrictions around us um, currently in in Victoria. So, what we want to look at, the Bible definitely gives us a a, a high level of detail about what the amazing future holds for us which will be under the rule of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and to start and to get a bit of an idea of what that looks like, I thought it would be timely to, to read a, um, a, a shortest chapter, Psalm 72, which gives us a bit of an indication. So if you open that up with me, that's Psalm chapter, uh, chapter 72. And I'll read that for you now. Psalm 72. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to thy people and the little hills by, by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain on mown grasses as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion over the sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and the enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him, and he shall deliver the needy when, they, when he crieth, the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and needy, he shall save the souls of the needy, he shall redeem their souls from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight, and he shall live, and to him shall be given all the gold of Sheba, Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains, and the fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon. And they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. All right, there we get a bit of an insight into what the Bible outlines for us in the future. And definitely sounds quite a bit different to, to what we have as, as far as our world and our society right now. The highlights of, of taking care of the poor and the needy and care and compassion and those elements are, are elements that definitely get lost in our world today. So tonight we're going to have a pretty quick fly-through. We Unfortunately, we don't have a huge amount of time and we're not even really going to be able to scratch the surface to this topic. We're not going to be able to addressing all the different prophecies that relate to the kingdom age and unfortunately we won't be even dealing with the change in the state, including immortality and the environmental changes. But tonight we do want to look at one very small and very important aspect, and that is focusing on the behavioural changes 
and the dramatic difference in leadership that Jesus Christ offers in, in, um, in opposition to what, our, what the leaders offer today. We'll see there's a clear difference in purpose, in his character, in, and that focusing on the behavioural changes and the dr dramatic difference in leadership that Jesus offers. So, as I said, sorry, there'll be a clear difference in his purpose, his character and his attributes, that one, makes Jesus the perfect leader for such a time, and two, the world will be a completely different place along with society. So a bit of sum summary of, of what we're going to go to tonight, go through tonight. First of all, we're going to have a quick look at, at leaders in general, world leaders in history and what, we've, what we have today. We understand that leaders define society. They actually define it and uh, influence people's behaviours and environments. We're then going to move on and see the contrast of, of how Jesus is different to that. We're going to clearly outline his different purpose, the different principles, and the different attributes that come with Jesus and indicating how he is that perfect leader. And then finally, we're going to combine those things and see how those attributes and those different purposes outline a perfect environment like we've just read about in Psalm 72. So leaders, organisations, nations and empires are moulded and influenced by their leaders. The leaders' actions, their behaviours, their purpose, their mission define how their, pe how their people act, how they behave and the environments that they live in. When we think about organisations, we might think of organisations such as Apple and Google. Their purpose, their intent, that defines how their, pe their people behave, what their envir environment looks like what principles they live by when we look back in history we look at empires that have been sculpted by their by their leaders when we look back at the roman empire leaders such as nero and, and caesar how they influence the romans not just from from their future and their empire point of view but how they behaved as a nation we look at alexander the great with the greek empire they influence their futures they influence their cultures they influence their people's behaviors Interestingly, when you read the Bible, we've got a great record of the same thing with Israel, with the Old Testament, which shows to us a constant position with Israel. We get, we get references where they were in a good state, when they were close to God. They had good leaders, such as Moses, as King David and Hezekiah. At these times, the nations were successful through the most successful periods. We also get, get an insight into when they struggled as a nation. And, and this coincided when they had bad leadership. Leaders like kings like Ahab, Ahaz and Manasseh obviously suffered and the, and the result of that was when they went into captivity and slavery. Solomon, there's an interesting point that Solomon brings out. Now, Solomon was the wisest man in the world at, this, at, at that point in time. Solomon had a, had a great reign himself, but, it, but he considered it like this and he actually indicated that, that wise, um, he quotes in, in Proverbs 16, verse nine, uh, 6 to 9, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by, and by fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When a man's way pleaseth the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. 
And that's reinforced in Jeremiah 10, verse 23, where it says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not within himself. It is not within man to, that walketh to direct his own steps. So even Solomon had, had, had worked out in his experience that it's actually God that directs man. Man is, does not have the ability themselves to be able to define what their future holds. So what does that look like for our leaders today then? Do our, do our leaders today have the answers? Well, history would show us that they really struggle and that they don't. Typically, they prioritise their, their position and their power. They target their own country's wealth and their dominance to the detriment often of others. Leaders like Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un heavily influence how people and society operate, which ultimately sculpts the future. It's not by chance that the world finds itself in the state that it currently is. And throughout all these different leaders, we identify their purpose and intent. Unfortunately, majority of our key leaders are clearly driven by pride, power and wealth. Unfortunately, even the leaders that are trying to make a positive difference are so heavily influenced by society and a faulty system that requires them to prioritise selfish political agendas rather than, rather than doing that which is right fair and true. Unfortunately, society has actually lost concept, complete concept of what's right, fair and true, as it drives further and further away from godly principles and focus on the humanistic approach. This has cultivated the environment that we experience today, which includes an unbalance of wealth, extreme debt, pollution, climate change, extreme poverty, sickness, crime and war. For us recently, COVID-19 pandemic, it's sent the world into absolute turmoil. The world's response is so inconsistent. Some countries resort to record stimulus packages and sinking into record debt that could never be recovered, just to try to provide a bit of confidence and secure a, an uncertain wealth. Unfortunately, there's other countries that don't have the ability or resources to be able to respond at all and leave people completely helpless. One thing is for sure that the world doesn't have any solutions for a pandemic, let alone creating a future that we read about with safety and peace as described in, in Psalm 72. For us, we believe that only God has the answers for us and that truly peaceful future is only available by following him and believing in him and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what about Jesus? If we want to understand what the world looks like with Jesus as king, we then need to have a, look at, have a look at Jesus and understand what his purpose and his mission looks like. We need to look back at how he behaved and how he led. And this will give us insight into what the future may look like. Well, right from the very start, we can see a very big difference in Jesus. And it comes down to his purpose. Because right when we're introduced to Jesus, when he was born in Matthew 1, verse 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from, his, from their sins. So straight away we see with the example of Jesus a completely different purpose that he's here for. It's not his own personal position. It, we're introduced to him coming to save the world. His name, Jesus, actually means Yah shall save. Jesus throughout his ministry made a clear, a clear reference that it's not his will he's here for. It's actually his father's, God's. 
back when he was just a young boy in Luke chapter 2, when he was found at the temple, he states to his family, wished you not that I, that I must be about my, my father's business? In John 5 and, and John 6, he recommits, he recommits that to his followers. And then finally, at the end of his ministry, just before he's crucified, he confirms the same thing, just before he's got the biggest trial of, of a crucifixion. Yet he still commits and says, nevertheless, not, that, not what I will, but what thou will. Thinking back on Psalm 72 that we read tonight, did you notice that it didn't focus on any, any of the, the, the king's or ruler's personal wealth or power? It, its focus was on the environment for the people, how they behaved, the poor, the needy, breaking the oppressors, abundance of peace. In verse 19, it said, And blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. His success, his glory, is, an achieve, is, is achieved in the people that replicate his behaviour, his intent, and committed to achieve God's purpose. So what is God's purpose? It's a really important question. In Habakkuk 2, verse 14, it says, All the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. In John 3, verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whatsoever that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's clear there that God's purpose is that this world will be full of people that love and acknowledge him. There's a great reference that shows the clear difference in intent between our society now and the will of God. And that's in 1 Thessalonians 5, where Paul's writing to the, the ecclesia of Thessalonians. And he says there, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labour labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Quite an opposite purpose and intent that we read about there from our society today. No mention of pride, power or wealth. Nothing about possessions. Success isn't described by a bank account, how many homes you own, your possessions or your role that you might have at work. Peace and comfort can't be bought. The change is behavioural. It's defined by edifying one another. Edify, edify means, means to improve. Comfort, support, patience, forgiveness, prayer and thanks. This is the will of God. So moving on to this then, how, do, how is Christ different to the leaders? We see that he's clearly got a different intent and different purpose. We can, 
we can then see that this, how this drove his actions and his behaviour. His examples and his, and his leadership were unlike anyone else that's ever walked the earth. The perfect leader is soon to be the perfect king. And in, in this section, we just want to look at a few examples. Realistically, we could use Jesus' whole life as an example. But just now we want to pick out some of these key characteristics and attributes that show how Jesus' purpose drove his actions. It starts with his knowledge and understanding, and right from a very young age, it says in Luke 2, it was acknowledged that all that heard him were astonished with his understanding and answers. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. So there we're already introduced to his foundation that he had set up. We then got self-discipline, which obviously his life was a statement of self-discipline. And there's a number of, number of examples there, but there's great examples where he, he, he committed to his relationship with God. And in Luke, in Luke 6, it's a statement, there's a um, great reference there where he went up to the mountain and prayed and continued all night. He obviously led by example, and there's been no greater example, a perfect example. And John 14, verse 6 actually says this. It says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, unto the Father, but by me. A really, really strong leadership quality leading by example, but imagine having the perfect example in front of you. Then we come, then we come to characteristics such as compassion. In Mark 6, there's a great reference where it says, Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them. Humility. Humility in John 13, verse 15, the example where he, he washed his disciples' feet. He was merciful. He was forgiving. There's the example of the woman that was the, the woman that the accusers brought to Jesus, and he asked them, "Whoever hasn't sinned, cast the first stone." Jesus, at the end of that, also said, "Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more." We've got integrity, and obviously, his life was a perfect image of integrity without sin. But I think Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 15, summarise it beautifully where it confirms that he has been tempted in every way that we have been, yet he did it without sin. Honesty, Jesus' position with honesty is, is really clear. He says, let your communication be yea, yea, and nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh evil. For him it's very black and white. Obviously selfless. In 1 Peter 3, verse 18, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God and put to death. And finally, loving. There in John 15, it says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man may lay down his life for his friends. And, and as we know, ultimately, this is what was done. We can see there some of the attributes that really pay towards Jesus, lining up with his purpose intent and how that, that then influenced his behaviour. There's a really good example of, 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 of what, what, we, what is a perfect leader, and this is with his disciples. Those that know me know that I love this example, and this is in, this is in Matthew 14. 
And this is the occasion where Peter, he encouraged Peter to walk on the water. In here, we'll see how, how one of the most important qualities is how Jesus was able to inspire people. He was a great storyteller. His whole ministry was covered with encouraging and inspiring people. But in this occasion, we find the balance of inspiring, encouraging, challenging, being supportive, but also caring. And it says, it says in Matthew 14, verse, verse 24 to 31. I just have to move this, sorry. It says, but the ship was, was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contra contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them and walked on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And, the, and he began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they came into the ship, the wind ceased. It's an unbelievable story and a great story of the balance of leadership. Here we've got a man that's obviously got perfected faith and knows that his faith will enable him to do anything. And he comes out into a, into a stressful situation with his, with his followers and he encourages them to challenge themselves and he knows that they're capable of doing it if they just, if they commit to it. So he encourages them through and says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And when, he get, when Peter calls him, he says, come, come to me. And notice that Peter does, he, he actually enables Peter to actually test his faith and stand on the water and he achieves it. And unfortunately, the influences of the environment around him start to pull him down and he falls. But then notice the response from Jesus. It's immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And it's pretty clear that Jesus is right there beside his followers, waiting for him, supporting him and waiting. And if ever needed, the hand was immediately stretched forth and he caught him. That's a, that's a sign of a, of a perfect leader. For me, that's a story like a parent maybe teaching their, their young child how to ride a bike, taking the trainer wheels off for the first time and, and, and maybe riding down the drive and, and you run behind them and you're holding the seats and then you might let go just for a little bit but then you're straight away there. So you know that they can do it and you know that it's just going to be a matter of time until they build up the skills to do it themselves, yet you still protect them from falling. That's the, that's the example that we've got consistently through Jesus' ministry to all his people. So looking at those, some of those key attributes, isn't it amazing to see how his purpose, his intent, allows him to, with those leadership qualities to really be a perf offer that perfect leadership? His life examples. There's so many times where he healed sick. He provided for the hungry and the homeless. He cared for the children. He gave perfect discernment and judgment. He was completely committed to giving God glory and achieving his will on earth. Ultimately, he gave his life for those who followed him. So to finish tonight, we want to look at a number of Bible passages that describe what the, what the future may look like for us, what will look like for us. 
And as you consider them, I'll just have them on a, on a brief slideshow. As you consider them, I want you to look into the attributes that we've looked at with Jesus Christ as the perfect ruler for such an amazing time. And look at the principles that we looked and see how these were lived by Jesus and how these will soon change the world. that we see threaded throughout the Bible that give us a real insight into what the future holds for us. And I'm sure you'd agree with me, it definitely looks a whole lot more attractive than what the society and our environment offers us as a future in today's world. So what does the world look like with Jesus as king? Well, we can see there there's a complete change in, in purpose and behaviour. And obviously this is only possible through God's mercy and his great power, and there'll be many other things that contribute to this great time. One thing to note that it's God's will that this world, world will be full of, full of people that love and acknowledge him and his son. With Jesus as king, this world looks very different. The amazing principles we can see Jesus lived by will govern, as indicated in Psalm 72. This is, this is available to us all, and all we need to do is respond, to read his word, and to follow after the example of our Lord Jesus Christ.
So we definitely look forward to that time being here very, very soon.